0: Well, last week I was in uh, Genesis chapter 6, and we started looking at Noah's ark. Well, we're going to go on into chapter 7, and uh, we'll read through that together. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and all the creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark, as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the flood waters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened. That moves along the ground according to its kind and every bird o- according to its kind. Everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Every living thing that moved on the land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, and all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from from the earth. Only Noah was While our NIV Bibles um, start with the instructions to Noah, go into the ark. The Hebrew is quite different there. The original text, it says, come into the ark. Come. And the implication there is that God was inside the ark. And he was inviting Noah and his family and all the animals to join him. Yeah, that's our It's my heartbeat. The ark is a symbol of salvation. And and as God was in the ark and he was calling Noah and his family and all the animals into the ark, um, God is wanting to say to each one of us, he's calling us in. He's calling us into him. Uh, Mankind, the animal kingdom, was saved by entering into the ark. And spiritually, we're saved by entering into the ark of salvation through faith. In Jesus Christ. But we always need to remember. It is an invitation. It is come unto me. Come unto me. And and be saved. You remember Jesus calling the disciples. Come and follow me. Um, and, And several other times. Where Jesus gives that invitation. He always says come. You know when we're wondering from him. God will always. Run to us. He will. He will go. You know. 999 steps to pull us to him but we have to take that last step that last step is where he says come and he invites us to come to him so you won't automatically end up in the ark you don't automatically just end up in heaven you need to respond to the call of God the invitation of God to say that where he says to us come to me life is filled with all kinds of challenges And it's filled with all kinds of catastrophes like we find here in Genesis chapter 7. But being in the ark of Christ is the way that you and I navigate those waters. And we do not want to live our lives trying to navigate through the catastrophes of life without being in Christ. And God says to Noah, The reason that he had invited Noah and the reason he had said to Noah that he could come into the ark was not because Noah had dedicated 120 years of his life building an ark. It's not in the text. That is not why God called Noah into the ark. You say, yeah, well, well I, I've done all this. I, you know, I, I've been so good and I've done all these good deeds and I, I've been faithful for so long and God will not invite you into heaven because of all the wonderful things you have done and how good a person you are and how many people have patted you on the back for how wonderful you are. You will not get into heaven by being good. God said to Noah, Come into the ark because I have found you righteous. And the Bible says there is none who is righteous except for Christ. And it is by faith in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ that you and I shall be saved. It is by faith in the righteousness of Christ that God Im- invites us into the ark of salvation. and by that alone. It's interesting, interesting that Noah's righteousness is contrasted with the wickedness of the people of the day. Genesis says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of their human heart was only evil all the time. And you contrast that with what it says about Noah. Noah was a righteous man right before God and blameless around people, among the people of his time. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah's righteousness was one of faith, by faith, and it was demonstrated by a century of building an ark while the whole world laughed at him. They had not ever even seen rain. They they really had some good reasons to make fun of him (laughs) when you stop and think about it. But they laughed at him, they scoffed at him, they mocked him. And God will one day offer us, issue us an invitation into heaven if he can identify a righteousness that is by faith in us. That is the key, my friends, to knowing that when you leave this earth, you have a home in heaven that Jesus has already prepared for you. It is a righteousness that is by faith. Do you trust and believe in what Jesus did on the cross for your sins? There's another very, very fascinating thing about the, this chapter in Genesis. that we don't often give much thought to. God cared about the cats and dogs and birds and insects and elephants and all the animal kingdom that he had created. The animal kingdom is never, ever to be elevated to the value and the position of people. People. That God has made. And yet, I want you to see here how important the animal kingdom is to God. He loves his animal kingdom and he saves it in the flood. It seems odd if you jump centuries later, millennials later, to the birth of Jesus, and there you have the Messiah. The one that the world has been waiting for for centuries, and and now he is born, and where is he born? What is he born around? He's born around the animal kingdom. The people, the Jewish people, they didn't want anything to do with the birth of the Messiah. The people rejected him. They, they, they weren't even following the scriptures enough to care. The chief priests, the teachers of the law, the religious people of the day, they were home. The animals were there in the manger. The donkey that carried Mary, the oxen and the sheep and the shepherds out in the fields nearby. God cares about his animal kingdom So much so that Jesus says that not even a sparrow falls to the ground of which God is not aware. So even in the great flood, God cares so much about the animal kingdom that Noah builds an ark that could have been so much simpler (laughs) if it didn't have to have all those animals. You ever think about that? I wonder how many extra years Noah spent building the ark because he had to make room for all the animals. That God was saving. The other thing is in this Genesis account... Before there is any distinction, the law has not been given by Moses. Moses hasn't been born yet. Before there's any distinction between clean and unclean animals, nothing has ever been said about this before, but here in Noah's Ark and this whole episode, you have a distinction between clean animals and unclean animals. In the New Testament... We know that there is no clean and unclean animals, that God has made all of them clean for us. But in the Old Testament, there were definitely unclean animals and there were definitely clean animals. And seven pairs of clean animals were brought in so there would be plenty of animals for the sacrifice when Noah made an altar to the Lord after the flood was over. But there was only one pair of unclean animals that came on the ark. So God makes that distinction already um, between those animals here on the ark. And then one of the other things that I hope you caught as we read the text in Genesis chapter 7 is that God was very specific when it came to what day the waters came. Now, we can't go back in our calendars and figure out exactly what day B.C. that was, but it was very, very clear in God's calendar. It was very, very clear in Noah's calendar what day it was, and we, we believe, understanding the Jewish calendar, that it was in October, November, right in that part of the year when the flood started, Um, and all of that, but it was very, very clear that God is giving, it was on this month, the 17th day, and and God says, and on that day, (laughs) he's emphatic about that, that God did all of these things. He tells us that Noah was 600 years old and that Noah had finished the job that he had been called to do. And I want to just say a little bit about God's calendar and God's timing here. God's calendar often follows on the heels of the obedience of his people. He moves as we have stepped out in faith, and done what he has called us to do. In other words, if it had taken Noah another 20 years to finish building the ark, I suspect that God would have waited those 20 years before the rains came. And if Noah had done it in five years less, God would have been ready for the flood right at that point. So God's calendar often is responsive to our activity and to how we respond in faith to what he has called us to do when we step out and walk hand in hand with what God wants us to do. And then we are told in this text that, we, that there are cataclysmic events that occur for the very first time in human history, the fountains burst forth. The earth burst, it seems, like popcorn. Kernels being popped. (laughs) That little tiny seed, mushrooms. And so it suggests, The raising of ocean levels, tsunamis that you hear about in other places, tidal waves and all of that occurring out there in the oceans. Not only that, but the heavens dump rain. And that is the first time that has ever happened. God had watered the earth from the fountains and the springs on the earth before that but now for the first time the heavens open up and dump rain for 40 days and 40 nights and they question okay how how could that be well uh, in places like Saturn there was a frozen uh, surrounding a uh, frozen mass of water around Saturn and, and they believe that that was probably true around the earth also before the flood and that Uh, that started to melt and that caused all that water just to come day and night. Whether that was true or not, I believe that God's able to bring 40 days of, uh, he's been pretty faithful about keeping us under snow the last month. So I I think God is more than capable of doing 40 days of rain, um, 40 days and nights of rain. So, but that would account uh, for the, uh, thousands and even millions of great mammoths and animals that are embedded in ice in in the um, Arctic regions. Uh, Some of those animals today that just still have uh, pieces of grass uh, still in their mouths as they're, they're down there in the formations of the ice. And then we are told in this passage that God brought the animals to Noah and that God closed the doors. I mentioned last week that, you know, the first time God says, and you are to bring all these animals to the ark, and that would have just scared me, like, how how in the world going to do that? And then God later tells him, no, I'll bring them in. And God brought all those animals, and they just walked on the ark. Uh, and again, you know, if you've ever helped load cattle into a cattle trailer or anything else, and, and you use all kinds of... <laughs> Threats, <laughs> at beatings, and whatever else, and incentives for them to go in. They don't often like to climb a ramp and go into, uh, you know, a trailer, and and it's just amazing to watch God bring all these animals and they just line up in pairs and go up into the ark. And God brings them to Noah. And I think that would have been one of the great miracles in Noah's life for him to recount. And then the fact that God close the door. It is never us. We never close the door. Um, But God, there is coming a day when God will close the door on the opportunity of salvation. And you and I need to be aware that that day, someday, that door will be shut. Whether it comes in the second coming and the end of the world, or whether it comes I, I just found out last night that I, you know, one of the young men that was part of one of my first youth groups, 41 years of age, has a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old, had a heart attack this week and died. Left wife and kids and all of that. We, we never know. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And we need to be ready. We need to know that we our faith is straight, that when when... The end comes for us, and the door is shut. We're going to be on the inside of the ark. We, we are told that civilization was destroyed, and the emphasis here is on complete destruction, except for those inside the ark. There were people that Noah had known his, his entire life. These were the people that were his neighbors and all of that. And all of them were wiped out and, and civilization was wiped out and all of that. And, and as you go through chapter 7, that emphasis is on there's the complete destruction. And friends, Revelation is very clear and some of the Old Testament prophets is very clear that there is coming a day when everything that you and I see will be burned up. It will be gone, not by a great flood, but it will be burned up and it will be gone. And all the things that you and I treasure and hang on today and move from one place to another, <laughs> yeah, it's all going to be burned up and it's all going to be gone. And the question is, are you going to be part of that that's burned up or are you going to be in the ark? Are you going to know God? One day God will close the ark. And we need to be inside that ark while everyone outside is still mocking the idea of a second coming. Uh, we need to be busy about bringing other people inside the ark and testifying to them and witnessing to them. The people that we know and the people that we love people that are our neighbors. We want them to be in the ark with us. When God closes the door,